The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. Coming up after 10.15, I'll share some of the latest research and some interesting stories about sexuality. We'll talk about women who suffer after reconnecting with past partners, why people call off their weddings, and who are these people who send, usually men, who send unsolicited photos of their genitals and why. Plus, of course, sex with a mask, how realistic is that a new uh, guideline for singles? But first, let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Feel free to send me your questions throughout the evening as well. If there's something you want to talk about, uh, you can always reach out at 514-800 to text in. If you want to call in, it's 514-790-0800. Also, feel free to email me anytime to Lori at drlaurie.com. So this is on our text board and I apologize for getting to it late. I have a question. I have been with my wife 15 years. We have three beautiful kids. I love her, but I'm a little bored with her and I'm getting attracted to other women. What do I need to do to fix that problem? Okay, um, anybody can, by the way, you can put in your two cents and, and help each other out here uh, here as well. So you're in a long-term relationship. It's difficult to keep sex exciting and spicy and all of that stuff. When we talk about marriage takes work, right, it takes effort to keep things new and exciting. We know that uh, when we do new things that ignites some of the passion and the excitement. So whether it's changing things up, it doesn't even have to be huge changes. You can change the location of where you have sex, the time of day, uh, the activities that you do, exploring um, role play, exploring different uh, positions, exploring erotica together. You just have to be Put a little effort into create, you know, being more creative. It's far easier to just say, oh, well, I'm bored, move on, next. No, you, when you commit uh, to a long-term marriage uh, or to marriage and you you love your partner and everything is, is good, you're still attracted to your partner and all that stuff, you just need to work at making it a little more exciting. If you need some ideas, there are books, there are videos, there are things that you can share together. Uh, The first thing you have to do is talk to your wife, not in an accusatory way, in a compassionate way, in a kind way that says, hey, how do you feel about us, you know, changing things up a little bit? And And again, not bringing like introducing major things to her like hey want to have a threesome that's not going to go over very well but subtle changes little things that you uh you can introduce as for being attracted to other women it's the attraction i think is an it's a normal thing we're human we can be attracted to other people monogamy fidelity that is a choice that we make Despite being tempted, despite having um, like attraction to other people that we may see, 
it is a choice. So lit, you know, we live with the choices that we make. If there's an issue in your relationship before you do any, you act out of your marriage, fix it. See somebody if need be. If you need somebody to intervene, then there are therapists. We exist who can help you uh, reignite, give you some um, some clues, some some things that you you can do. I would also refer you to uh, a, a TEDx talk that I did on the subject. I did a sub, I did a talk. You'll find it on my website, or you can look for it on YouTube. But you can uh, where it's about sex in. Uh, long-term relationships and you'll see how it evolves often and why we get into this situation uh, of feeling you know a little a little bored and what have you so putting the work into it absolutely a necessity hi dr Lori. why specifically is the guy bored are they not as friendly with each other as they once were i hope that they can get the compassionate spark back and then take the sexuality part from there and sometimes yes we have to look at what is it what um maybe there's some some things blocking your partner or or what have you so maybe you're not being so compassionate with your partner i'm not sure a normal not to notice other women she noticed other handsome men as well i'm sure you just need a little adventure unannounced quickie in the laundry room or in tool shed you may be getting older but i bet you are both young at heart so that's some nice advice from another listener. Of course, you can also put in your two cents at 514-800. So I got this letter after we had our alternative night and we talked about consensual non-monogamy. I ended up getting a few emails about this, people not really uh, too happy with the concept. But anyway, let me share this email and then I'll give you... um, some thoughts. Uh, so this texter, this person who emailed me said that my guess, so it was Lexi Silver, is totally contrary to what passion has come to stand for, sex, love, and relationships. How she cares to lead her life is her business. In your profession, I'm sure you see many married and non-married couples going through difficulties and in some, if not most cases, because of one not being faithful. I just want to point out fidelity and consensual non-monogamy are not the same thing. Your show has always been about making things better in a relationship, not finding ways to possibly destroy relationships. For her to even use the words committed relationship and non-monogamy in the same breath is idiotic. Uh, There are plenty, uh, let me see, I'm just there's some bad language in here, so I don't want to share it at all. Uh, she went on to comment that dating someone and assuming they are monogamous are assuming they want a monogamous relationship is wrong. I've never been on a date and asked if I'm looking for a non-monogamous relationship, and if I ever was, the date ends right there. Um, do you really think the couples and people dating want to hear comments from a person who engages in engages and in fact promotes non-monogamy? Um, I have to respectfully disagree with you on uh, on several points. First of all, there it takes all kinds, and there are all kinds of ways people express their sexuality. If you did the research, you would see that there are a lot of people in this world who practice consensual 
non-monogamy. There have been studies to show, uh, to look at comparing monogamous couples and consensually non-monogamous couples or open, uh, open relationships and looking at relationship satisfaction. You would be surprised by these findings. So it does exist on this show. I get it. There's, pl- you know, the majority of people who are listening do not practice this. That doesn't mean our heads can be in this in the sand. That doesn't mean we can't learn about what other people do in life. It's fine if it's not for you. I respect everybody's decisions to do what works for them, but we should not be yucking someone else's yum. It's not about promoting any one thing or other. It's not about religion and it's not about any of those things. It It's fine if you are, and this goes against your own beliefs and practices. I happen to personally not uh, believe in that for myself, but that doesn't mean I can't respect other people's choices. And it does work. And it, you're wrong to think that it is destructive to relationships because the people who choose this way of life do it with a very, um, with a lot of communication and they do it because they're both on board with this. So there's no cheating and there's no betrayal and, and it works for them. It may not work for you, but it works for them. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Texter writes in, I like Lexi. Her sexuality preferences are not my cup of tea, but people are different. As long as Lexi and her partners are happy and healthy and positive with one another, I personally think that's great. Well, I'm more in line with uh, with your thinking there, Texter. 514-800, if you'd like to put in your two cents tonight, here's one. Uh, I want to know if you think, uh, if, especially if you're single out there, is this even remotely realistic for you? Uh, so um, according to Canada's chief medical officer this week, skip kissing and consider wearing a mask when having sex to protect yourself from catching the coronavirus, adding that going solo remains the lowest risk sexual option in a pandemic. This is what uh, Dr. Teresa Tam said in a statement. Uh, She said there's little chance of catching COVID-19 from semen or vaginal fluid, but sexual activity with new partners does increase the risk of contracting the virus, particularly if there's close contact like kissing. Like other activities during COVID that that involve physical closeness, there are some things you can do to minimize the risk of getting infected and spreading the virus. Skip kissing. Avoid face-to-face closeness, wear a mask that covers your mouth and nose, and monitor yourself and your partner for symptoms ahead of any sexual activity. The lowest risk during COVID-19 involves yourself alone. She says sexual health is an important part of overall health, and by taking precautions, Canadians can find ways to enjoy physical intimacy while safeguarding the progress we have all made containing COVID-19. Look, uh, we've talked about this. Clearly, the 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 with uh, with COVID, the the, the most um, dangerous, let's just say, act physical act to catch it is kissing because it can be transmitted through saliva. So now we have to start having the safe sex talks about COVID and. Um, 
yesterday, was it yesterday? We talked to that porn star who says on porn sets, for example, before any shoot, everybody has to take 48 hours before a COVID test, plus all the other STD tests, by the way, but now they have added in also a COVID test. So this might now be the new thing. Like you get tested for COVID. I get tested for COVID. We don't see anybody for the next two days. Then we get together. Uh, so that might be, that might start to become more of the norm. I don't know. I just don't see people. And I've spoken to many people who are dating these days. They're not wearing masks to do anything. They And they are kissing. So people are, in fact, uh, taking risks. But I also think people are fed up. Six months of not doing anything uh, maybe has gotten to them and they are willing to take uh, that risk. So mm, I don't know. How do we make wearing a mask sexy? Maybe we need to find some way. Maybe somebody can start making really sexy, satiny, I don't know. <laughs> There's a business opportunity for someone out there uh, to make it sexy. So I'm, I'm throwing out the challenge there. If you can find a way so that people will wear them. It's a, it, it reminds me so much about like getting people to wear condoms. <laughs> kind of the same discussion that we're having here. It's, um, it's nuts. It's a whole new, the whole new era here. All right, a study that says women suffer after reconnecting with uh, past partners. Is hooking back up with your ex a good idea? Apparently, not always, especially if couples are not on the same page about where they want the relationship to go. A new, published, a new study published in Evolutionary Psychology found that people often very different reasons for what offer very different reasons for why they reconnect with an ex and these reasons often differ based on gender the study highlights the fact that men and women tend to reconnect with their ex-partners for different reasons and many times their motivations are at odds and will only lead to more pain and heartbreak especially for female partners researchers found that women return to an ex after a breakup, it's because they want to resurrect the relationship and maintain that intimacy. They see it as a potential way to move forward and heal the bond. But men don't necessarily view post-breakup hookups in the same light. The research shows that men who have post-breakup sex say that they're doing it just for the sake of pleasure and to meet their own needs, not because they're trying to return to the relationship. The research shows that women often feel worse about themselves after hooking up with um, an ex. What is interesting is that these women say they personally feel worse, um, and but they report feeling better about their relationship with their ex. They feel worse, but yet they feel, it doesn't quite make sense. But it's almost as though they are willing to harm themselves and engage in self-destructive behavior if it can make them feel more secure and valued in the relationship, but it's not a real security now, is it? So it's a good reminder that ex-couples need to make sure they are on the same page before reconnecting. Intimacy means different things to different people, and you might think that hooking up with an ex will get you back on track as a couple, but chances are that he might not feel the same. Wherever possible, um, 
People should make a clean break with their exes at least while the wound is still fresh and and you're trying to stay strong and move on. That means, these are the recommendations, deleting them on social media, blocking their number so you can't dial them up after too many drinks. It's quite tempting to reach out to the familiar, especially during these difficult times, but doing so will only prevent your growth and ability to find love in the future. Interesting. Very interesting research, actually. A couple of texts here. Skip kissing and wearing a mask. That wouldn't do it for me. For trying out sexual relations with a new partner, if there was the same level of community spread out there that there was back in April or May. Luckily, there's not that level of spread in Quebec. So right now, kissing and hugging I don't think is all that risky, but that could change in a matter of a couple of weeks if we're not all careful. Well, if we all have that attitude and all go out and think, oh, no no risk here, well, uh, that's when we might get into trouble. I agree people are getting COVID fatigue lazy. Maybe sexual favors can be offered if COVID-wearing masks are respected. <laughs> well, there's an idea. But here's another idea. Do you know what a glory hole is? So glory holes are basically a hole in a wall or somewhere else where uh, a man stands on one side and sticks his erect penis out of the hole and somebody on the other side is performing oral sex. That is what a glory hole is. Now, that glory holes uh, were... Part more of the homosexual sex lives in an era way back when. So they have actually a a very long uh, history, mostly in in the gay uh, community. But apparently, I mean, there have been hundreds and thousands of glory holes that have been active, still active around the world, but their heydays seem to have passed until now. So glory holes are finding new life in the pandemic and they have received support from an unlikely corner, public health officials who have mostly urged people to stay home. In several regions, health departments worried about high risk hookups during the coronavirus have alluded to or outright recommended glory holes as a safer venue for casual sex. The Canadian, the BC uh, Center for Disease Control and the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene and others have recommended in one way or another the use of glory holes for sex. In New York, the city's official COVID-19 Safer Sex Bulletin didn't mention glory holes directly, but it advised residents to, quote, make it a little kinky and be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls okay that's pretty much saying what it is right Uh, michael lanza spokesman for the um, new york city health department explained that the goal was harm reduction the key here is to limit face-to-face contact as the virus that causes covid is spread primarily through droplets he emphasized that leading a safe sex life is vital to the mental well-being of many people in new york so the advice was merely practical Glory holes do limit potentially dangerous face-to-face contact, but their actual risk is unclear. That depends partly on the environment that houses the glory hole and other factors. Of course, there has been some research that looked at that have 
has found some of the virus in uh, in semen in, in at least COVID uh, patients. Um, so, if people are going to continue to have sex with cha- with strangers, as public health officials have ample reason to believe, glory holes may be among the uh, safer venues. If the role of the of public health agencies in this reemergence seems odd, the New York City health spokesman said. I don't think so. We are a sex-positive health department. He said, noting that the city's guidelines were inspired by manuals for safer sex from the initial AIDS crisis, um, like how to have sex in an epidemic. It's a document you can download. We adapted some of the guidance to fit the current COVID-19 public health emergency. So, glory holes, back on the map. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Here's your stupid sex story of the day. Of course, comes from Reddit (laughs) or subreddit. A woman furious after her partner refuses to live in the home she bought with stripper money. Uh, And of course, you can weigh in uh, with this too. So a woman who once worked as a stripper saw no shame in her past, neither did her boyfriend, until he decided he did. After a disagreement about her past as a stripper, the, wo- the woman turned to the subreddit for feedback. This is what she described. For several years, I was a stripper. I have no shame about what I did and only quit when I got a better job. In the time I worked as a stripper, I intentionally lived as cheaply as possible because my coworkers all told me they were able to buy their own places on their income so long as they saved like crazy. Before I retired from the business, I managed to outright buy myself a three-bedroom flat. I rented out the other rooms for a while, but I got sick of having roommates, so now I have them up online for shorter stays, but not to rent. I met this guy about 18 months ago, and we've been together since. He knows about my employment history, and he said that he has no issue with it, though he did ask me to tell his family the white lie I occasionally use, which is that I was a waitress. He goes to a strip club multiple times a year. He actually goes to the one I used to work at a lot. A month ago, we found out that I'm two months pregnant. He says this is great news and we should move in together. I assume he'd be moving into my place because he rents his, which is far smaller, one bedroom flat, while I own mine, and I have room for a baby's room while he doesn't. Also, I really don't want to leave my flat. It's mine. I love it. I could see myself living here for the rest of my life, and I don't want to lose the security of owning one and having to go back to paying rent. However, he then said that he did not want to move into my place and said I should sell it and we buy a place together. I said that I like my place. It means a lot to me and it represents years of working my arse off, scrimping and saving. He then said that he understands all of that, but we should be living together by the time the baby comes and he didn't want to live in my flat. I asked him why not. It's great. It's central. It's spacious. It's got room for all your stuff. There's a daycare in the building. There's a school five minute walk away. He said that he didn't want to live in a flat that was bought with stripper money. I said I wasn't giving up the security of owning a home for someone who tries to make me feel ashamed about something I don't feel ashamed of. He said that his point is if I sold the flat, then we could get a new place with that money from the sale. I said, wouldn't that be stripper money? And he said, that's different. And I asked how. He then said he was going back to his place because I can't talk to you when you're in this state. Um, Anyway, he says he wouldn't feel right raising a child in his flat, in her flat, 
knowing how I purchased it and set and selling moving is the best idea for all of us. Not to mention the fact he isn't on the deed because it's my place and would never feel like our place. Anyway, some people responded to, to this and, um, she, this woman said two out of three people she asked, she felt that she was in the wrong. So I'm wondering if you think she was, uh, in the wrong, uh, someone wrote in, this is classic gaslighting behavior. He also wants to co-own with you at only 18 months into a relationship. Hell no. Uh, co-own a house she pays for with money from the home that she earned with no contribution from him. I might add, he's just taking advantage, advantage of her for a free house. Um, I can understand not feeling it's his place, but does he intend to put up half of whatever you move to, or he just wants a place he got to pick out together? If he wants to put in half and buy part of your place, it makes it both of yours. So what is going on behind that? Now that guy's acting silly and even illogical, I say. Another one says, keep your place. He has too many conditions for someone he supposedly uh, loves. Absolutely. Uh, hugging and or kissing socially. There's only about four or five people out there I would do that with right now. And intimate kissing, just one, my girlfriend. Technically, even that is risky behavior. But what I meant to say was I'm comfortable with it at the moment, given the low level of spread in Quebec right now. Uh, let's see. The Passion Poet writes a poem for a laugh. Uh, take off those panties and now drop that bra. Here is your mask. Cover your nose to jaw. I will put on a condom and wear a mask too. Be careful what you lick. We have to avoid the nasty flu. Now things are hot and heavy. The masks are put aside. Now you're in hot French kissing as she gets on for a ride. So much for social distancing. Let's live life with passion. If you're going to die from sex, at least enjoy your assassin. <laughs> okay, good one. Um, <laughs> very cute. Mm, all right, let me share this now. With This issue has come up multiple times on this program, but uh, this was is new research about guys who send dick pics and their personality profiles. So I thought this was really, really interesting. Like who sends them and why? Uh, so upon receipt of an unasked for image of someone's penis, the flurry of emotions women report feeling rarely includes gratitude. Remember that guys. But in spite of their chilly reception, the images continue to proliferate and a certain kind of person may be more likely to hit send, a recent study finds. Researchers polled more than a thousand men on whether they had ever sent an unsolicited photograph of their genitals. Almost half, half of those had done so. And the half that had done so were asked to choose from 20 reasons for doing so, selecting all that applied. Then they completed questionnaires measuring levels of narcissism and sexism. Sender's motivations fell into two main categories. Transactional, in other words, hoping to receive images in return, for instance, like how often does that happen? And partner hunting, meaning as a way of flirting. Rarely did they choose blatantly misogynistic motives like, I feel a sense of dislike toward women and sending dick pics is satisfying. Yet, senders scored significantly higher 
on measures of sexism and narcissism than those who had never engaged in the practice. Remember, so what is this telling you? These guys are more sexist and more narcissistic. Narcissists who are in are high in self-importance may imagine that women would be interested in seeing their genitals even when unsolicited. But sending such pictures has been shown to trigger feelings of anger, objectification, or shame in the recipient. So it is far from harmless flirtation. And the researcher says there may be a disconnect for some men about what sexism is is <laughs> when will people get the message when will these men who send these pictures get the message that it never works that the, the likely response is not one where the woman says wonderful now i want to meet you uh or great pickup line or whatever it is that is just not going to happen not when it's unsolicited it's one thing if you're having a flirtation back and forth and back and forth and you decide together that you're going to share pictures with each other that's one thing we're talking about unsolicited uh, dick pics I hate those things too I don't see misogyny but narcissism oh yeah uh, never did so and never would. Yuck. Good. Very good. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite something, isn't it? Anyway, if you want to add your uh, two cents, any of your thoughts to any of the stories that uh, you've been listening to tonight, would love to hear some of your uh, some of your thoughts. So I don't know if anybody saw the. Um, the convention, the Republican convention, but Ivanka Trump used an iconic Elton John song for her, uh, for her speech. And apparently the gays are, uh, furious. They were not very happy to, um, to having their music, uh, his music played on there, by the way, I think it was, I'm still standing is the, uh, the song that she strolled onto the stage uh, with so the British singer has long sparred with Trump, Trump about the use of his catalog in campaigns he politely turned down an offer to perform as it, at his inauguration ceremony the the last one so there you go uh, coming up why do people call off their wedding new research examines why people cancel engagements and get cold feet with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Uh, Texter writes in, dick pics are no way harmless. Absolutely not. Narcissists don't give a damn though. That's part of why they're narcissists. Yes, you could be quite right. So why do people call off their uh, weddings? From the time we meet our partner until we say I do, there's often a natural momentum to our relationship journey. We meet, date, make it exclusive, introduce our partner to friends and family, get engaged, plan the wedding, and then walk down the aisle. This is from an article. Uh, each step along the way requires greater investments of time and energy and signals greater commitment. The further we get down the path, the harder it is to turn back. Makes sense, right? 
so though relationships are often derailed in the early stages, once a couple gets engaged, there are a number of strong forces propelling the couple to follow through with the wedding. Yet some people do what seems unthinkable to many. They call off their engagement and their wedding. So why is that? A recently published study, according to this article, uh, Kale Monk from the University of Missouri and colleagues sought to find out why people cancel their wedding and end their engagement. The researchers conducted interviews with 30 heterosexual participants between 18 and 48 who had done so. The relationships that they described were long-term and they were serious relationships. The average length was about four and a half years. This is what they found. The dominant theme was that the impending wedding was a catalyst for thinking more deeply and intentionally about the relationship's future. As one participant described it, I thought at one point when he was yelling at me, like, is this what I wanted for the rest of my life? It seemed that for women... The process of planning the ceremony and event provided uh, concrete markers that facilitated visualizing the future. For example, one person said, I had found a wedding dress that I liked and I was trying it on and I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I hope that my fiance, my ex and, and I are still friends after we get divorced. <laughs> Who thinks that when they're trying on their wedding dress? Uh, a, pre, a standard pre-wedding task ended up giving her an eye-opening glimpse into her future. For the men, it was less about wedding planning and more about the engagement revealing incompatibilities that would be problematic going forward. Other guys mentioned how negative comments from their partner about important issues like religion or the desire to have kids made them question their long-term compatibility. Other concerns included that uh, example, I stopped doing a lot of things that I liked doing and there was an inability to communicate respectfully, amicably, and productively. It also seemed like participants recognized the role of inertia and sought to find ways to slow the momentum toward marriage. They mentioned the need to figure some things out before, like maybe we just need to wait a little longer. This often resulted in an on-again, off-again dynamic where several women described trying to forgive transgressions and fall back in love. However, that didn't work, leading them to ultimately decide to end things. It seems that having a little bit of space to process emotions gave participants a chance to examine the relationship more objectively. That process revealed a range of lingering major issues such as infidelity, conflict, growing apart, and abuse. The takeaways, according to this article. Calling off a wedding is a big decision that few want to make, but that people clearly need to make on occasion. Rather than putting yourself through such an unpleasant and difficult experience, it's much better to take steps in your relationship now that will help prevent such an outcome. Two key lessons. Before the relationship gets so serious that you're considering engagement, take some time to really think about what a future relationship with your partner looks like. Are you truly compatible, not only in your day-to-day -day living, but also in terms of your values? Sit down and picture what your future life will look like with your partner. Envision that relationship both in good times and in bad. Do you like what you see? Take the time to really evaluate the relationship so that you're aware of potential red flags early on. 
Don't get so wrapped up in falling in love that you're forgiving major issues like constant conflict, emotional abuse, or cheating. See them for who they are now, well before you're planning a wedding. Compatibility counts. Is this the type of relationship you always wanted? Very, very important. Uh, another, a couple of texts here. Point being, I think you need to live with somebody before you get married. So that's something that some people do uh, choose to do to check for compatibility. Uh, my wife told me she would not live with me unless we were engaged. So I proposed to her and we got married six months later. Uh, too bad you cannot get married for only a specified period of time, say seven years, then renew if you both agree, like leasing a car. You know, it's not the first time I hear this where, uh, I don't remember who proposed it, but I remember reading this, that relationships should be revised like every 10 years or so where you sit down and you renegotiate the terms of the relationship, you reevaluate and you like, you kind of renew the vows at that moment, or you figure out the things that need to be fixed and, and go ahead and, uh, and fix this. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, uh, the sheer intensity of the wedding preparation operation brings out tests for how couples can get along or not when they're stressed or maybe pulled in different directions. That's quite true, by the way, that um, going through the wedding preparations is a real test on relationships, uh, very much in terms of collaboration and things like that, and it can bring out the worst in people, so... A lot of people discover um, more about their partners during during that process. Last uh, story of the night, and this one, I don't even know if I want to leave you with this one because it's horrific, um, really horrific. This is the headline, Minneapolis man kills wife over lack of sex, then turns gun on neighbors. He fatally shot his wife. Uh, this guy, Jason Michael Message, 48, faces three second-degree murder charges after allegedly killing his spouse, Angela Lynn, 47, and critically injuring young women next door during a violent fit of rage on Sunday night. He allegedly began his spree just before 11 p.m., shooting his wife in the neck and torso before training his weapon uh, on neighbors uh, one was 12 and the other was 29 who were outside loading a moving truck at the time. It's horrible. One of them was holding a one-year-old daughter, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's just, I don't even want to go deep into the details. Uh, he was taken into, um, when police arrived to his home, they found the body of Angela uh, in the garage and then a message in his basement where he was shooting off a gun, screaming and throwing objects. He was taken into custody he reportedly told investigators he grabbed his gun after he and his wife had an argument over a lack of sex. He allegedly admitted to shooting his partner, and when asked about his injured neighbors, he told investigators he hated all children. This is horrible. Um, he fired off 40 rounds during the police standoff. They found guns and hundreds of rounds of ammunition inside his home welcome to the u.s of a like this is like whoosh. horrific story uh let me see i'm trying to th find like a happy thing like a short happy thing oh i know here's a happy one for you I'll, i i want to end with this 
Uh, oh, wait, there was one about the oldest couple. There's a couple that have, yes, the world's oldest married couple with a combined age of 215 sets new world record. They have been married for 79 years. Uh, Julio Mora and uh, Waldramina Quinteros married on February 7th, 19. 19- 41. Their secret formula, they say, is love plus maturity plus mutual respect. They were both retired teachers. They have five children, all college educated. They have 11 grandchildren, 21 great-grandchildren, and nine great-great-grandchildren. Can you believe that? great great grandchildren how many people in this world can say they have great great grandchildren so very cool 79 years together and still they say happily married they say family unity under the rules of love mutual respect honest work and proper education based on family values are the keys to healthy coexistence now that's a way to end the show not on not on a bad note but on a much cheerier note how's that uh that's it for me uh thank you so much for uh listening in and for spending your time with me thank you to our technical producer dustin kagan thanks to our passion researcher linda delisi you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito or through my website, drlori.com. You can uh, get all the podcasts of all the past shows as well. And you can find the best of the show on the CJD page on iHeart, uh, the iHeart app as well. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.